0: to the Money Monopolizers
1: podcast, helping you take control of your financial destiny. It's about time that we invest more in our financial literacy and work towards building generational wealth. If you think you're ready to do the same, then you've come to the right place. Alex, Marlon, y'all ready? Let's get this bread. What's good, everybody? It's Alex Comunio here, and we're back with episode 59 of the Money Monopolizers podcast,
0: um, and I'm here with my co-host, Marla Walls. Marlon, how are you doing today? I thought you forgot who you were here with, but <laughs> no, nah, I'm doing pretty good, bro. Like, um, I ain't got too much to going on right now. Besides, I think I mentioned last week that we closed on a mobile home already. We're going to have that rented out very soon. I went over there a couple of days ago, took some pictures. So I'm going to get those posted up on like Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, just so we can get it um, listed out there and see if we can get a renter in pretty soon. Other than, other than that, I've been doing a lot of direct mail marketing, like trying to uh, get more leads for like both of our uh, real estate companies here in Houston, as well as in San Antonio. That's going pretty good. I'm just trying to do as much as I can in order to get us as, as many leads as possible because it's like a, this market. I've never seen it this hot in my life. Like everything that you offer on is offer 10,000 over asking. And that's what goes for both my personal house. I'm look, house I'm looking for and for general real estate deals. So it's it's a crazy market right now. That's why deals are few and far between. And other than that, I guess the only thing, other thing we got going on is the um the shirt sales that we got on the website. So I mentioned that last week for the first time. We um have a deal going on right now where you can get 20% off if you purchase um within the next, I guess this when this air will be like 72 hours because it's the uh, the sale ends on Sunday where you can get 20% off your purchase. So definitely go check those out as well. Um, if you're all listening. But other than that, how you been, bro? Why oh, you say hottest market of your life, like you've been in real estate for 10 <laughs> years? <laughs> bro, I've been, I've been through the grind, bro. It's like it's been rough. Like, I remember back in 08, man, where you could just you could just like eeny, meeny meaty money more and get you a good deal. I remember oh, those days. You was 12. Back, when I was 12, bro, I was in, been in it. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, those were the days, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's that's it's definitely hot. But you know, deals are still happening. Uh, the people that's making deals happen are the people that's, you know, hustling the hardest. And, uh, that's just a fact of the matter right now. If you can't find a deal, nay, hey, gotta work harder. Um, that's just where, you know, where we at. Um, that's what real estate, real estate is really, you know, it, it operates in, in cycles. So right now we in a very, you know, seller, uh, oriented market. So it's hard to find a uh, good deals, you know, they are at a, at a good enough price. So but um other than that, man, I got this flip out here in San Antonio wrapping up. I mean, I've been saying that for the last two, three weeks. Hey, <laughs> so nothing beats know. that mobile
0: home though.
1: Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's wrapping up. Um, hopefully soon. I don't know when. Um, hopefully soon that'll be done. And then um just actually should be closing on another one here soon in a few days. Um, from actually the seller of that property, well, okay, so the first okay, so the first okay, <laughs> there was like two there was two houses on the same street, and the first one was from a wholesaler and the second one on that street, I found whenever I was just driving around that neighborhood and um outreach or uh, reached out to the seller um on a property that he had for sale by owner, and then he actually had a portfolio of properties that he was selling. As well, he's just trying to get out of real estate old man trying to retire get out of real estate he had another property, so I'm gonna buy that one too about 52, 000, fifty two thousand and fifty thousand you know and it was pretty in really good shape actually on the interior so um you know, I texted my uh private money lender and you know had eighty thousand dollars ready <laughs> at a at a minute's notice so you know once i once i you know being being able to do that and seeing the power of that you realize oh man yo ain't no nobody stopping me and so no. you know just having that accessible is really nice i'm telling y'all man that when i say money is out there i mean money's out there man it is it, byron allen said it best there's trillions of dollars circulating in the american financial system and it's looking for people to invest it People that know how to invest it, people that can make a return on it and return it to um, the the um, investor, and you, if you can, if you have that skill, you will never. There'll never be a shortage of capital, and so that's why I even tell people, money is never the issue. Right now, it's the deals. If if the if the deals were, you know, if the market wasn't so hot, I promise you, I'd already have twenty properties. I swear. <laughs> Ain't even ain't even a joke. You be buying at least two properties a month, so um, right. the money that so, is, That's
0: That so seller finna be our plug right now. It sound like though got two deals yeah. off of him in two, like what two three months span. Like bro, how yeah. many more you got? <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. He's um he coming in clutch, but
1: you know those I say all that to say, you gotta get creative right now. It ain't gonna be you ain't going to Zillow. All right, let me oh, see Lord. what's on there. You ain't. <laughs> Even just going to the wholesalers, that's not even going to be enough. You got to do beyond what most people are doing to get a deal right now in this market. So um, we're going to definitely be continuing that. Maybe even get one more before 2020 is over. The goal is to get that one, which we're going to get. But if you can get another one, why not? So we'll see. But it's uh, looking good so far, man. I'm happy with that. Still continuing on, trying to get into the apartment complex. Thanks. you educating on that. Um, and it's it's a lot of stuff going on. So I'm excited, man. It's a great time. Great, great time to be alive, man. Everything is really going well. I'm grateful. And, you know, it's just really a blessing overall. Um, but other than that, man, I think that was, that's it as far as updates. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So let's get into this episode. So today we got a episode for y'all that is um, kind of different than what, you know, you're kind of used to at this point. You know, we've had a lot of guests on here and, uh, you know, this is going to be uh, one of the solo dolo ones, which, you know, are still good to do every once in a while, you know, so y'all don't forget whose podcast this is. <laughs> uh, I'm playing. But um, yeah, that's kind of how we rocking today. So let's get into it. So today what we want to chop it up about was the American dream, right? So <clears throat> obviously, you know, you hear this term a lot. You hear it in, you know, just everyday society, right? People have been talking about this American dream um for the last, you know, 100 years. I think now, you know, we I really want to talk about it in regard to what what the problem with the American dream is, right? And what it really means and what it really how it looks for a lot of people, right? So before I get into like kind of the nuances and the you know the kind of the the meat and potatoes of this, I want to kind of talk about you know what it is from a societal viewpoint, or really even so from a uh, global viewpoint, right? Because you hear the term American dream all over the world. You don't just hear that here. There's a reason it's the American dream and not you know the dream. It's because there's a certain perception of America by the by the world, right? And we know that. Um, just, well, if you don't know that you need to, you know, go ahead and, you know, culture yourself a little bit, but, um, (laughs) there's definitely a perception about us. And so I want to just talk about, I mean, at first I want to give like the textbook definition of it, what it is. Right. So essentially, well, the, according to investopedia, they say that the American dream is the belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society where upward mobility is possible for everyone. The American dream is achieved through sacrifice, risk taking and hard work rather than by chance. Right. So obviously this is a very, you know, this concept of the American dream is a very multidimensional concept. Right. There is multiple aspects and multiple things that um that that go with this right because even in the definition i stated you hear the term success and of course one thing i want to say to preface this is that everyone measures success differently right we can talk obviously the uh, monetary aspect we can talk the um social aspect the political aspect um but obviously this is a you know we're called money monopolizers this is a financial podcast so we're going to talk the more so economic and the financial aspect and implications that um are that come along with what the American dream is and what society perceives it as. And I promise we're gonna get into kind of the bulk of this here in a second, but I just wanted to introduce this um in a way to very be to be very objective and present every viewpoint, right? So, like I said, we're gonna talk about that economic or that that financial aspect, but there is also that social and political aspect of the American dream, right? And even to that, in that regard, in that extent, we hear so much criticism about the American dream, right? Because, I mean, warranted, it is warranted criticism, not unwarranted, but we hear that, you know, it hasn't necessarily played out that way, um, the way that the definition might might lead you to believe that it it has for every person, right? Because now we can look at Native Americans losing their land, we can look at slavery, we can look at, you know, voting being limited to white males, we can look at systemic racism, we can look at all those things that, um, come with the American dream, right? Um, but for me, I mean, I kind of look at it and believe what it is, is just, you know, and in its purest form, it's essentially an individual, you know, being able to live their life to the fullest, right? And like I said, we're going to talk about that financial aspect. So in that regard, I think of it, I always think of it in two, like there's two sides to the American dream, right? And when I say that, I essentially mean like that you can essentially be um building your own dream, right? And so whatever that looks like for you or you can be a part of someone else's dream, right? And even within there, whatever your everyone's dream can look different, right? The American dream for you might just be um you know, getting a good job, you know, the 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 the, the three bedroom, two bath house, the dog, the white picket fence, right? It might look like that. For someone else it might look like you know, just getting that apartment and, uh, you know, making ends meet and just being happy for someone else. It might look like, you know, building a, um, you know, $100 million business and being one of the, you know, wealthiest people in their state, right? It's different ways to look at it. But at the end of the day, I always look at it as you're either building your own dream or you're a part of someone else's, right? And just in, like, for me, with when I think of the American dream, I think of immigrants, right, too, because as an immigrant myself, obviously, I was only here in another country one year, but technically, I'm an immigrant, and being very close to a lot of immigrants, I know that a lot of reason people come here, of course, is the fact that they can come here and give their child a better life than where they were were growing up, right, and the fact that when you're in America, um, birth doesn't necessarily determine your future as it might in another country, right? So, we see all the time immigrants come here and they achieve more than leaving the natives here, right? So it's, it's that's how, that's what I, that's, a, that's another layer to the American dream for me personally. Um, so I always like to think of it in that regard. Um, but I think just looking at it even a little bit deeper, why does it actually like exist in the way it does, right? There's, like I said, so many criticisms of it, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much attributed to Obviously, capitalism and, you know, that whole no government intervention or, you know, laissez-faire, a.k.a. laissez-faire, to a certain extent, right? Because obviously the government is involved in, you know, society, um, obviously, with, um, you know, government subsidies and the roads and the education system. We're not in a totally capitalistic society, but, you know, there's so many things that allow America to... Or allow people to be in America and kind of, you know, build their life to how they want it to. Because, they're, you know, even from the from the fact that, you know, there is a certain level of, you know, promotion of, the, you know, the information that flows through society. There's so much information that flows through in America that is so um, beneficial and it can help you. We talk about it all the time. Information is free and you can literally use it to, you know, build your life, to live the life you you really want to. So... That's kind of how I look at what the American Dream is. I think it's you know, it's 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 different for everyone, but that was a very objective, you know, presentation of it because I wanted to really look at it from all aspects, even the criticism that people might have of it. Marlon, your thoughts on it and why you think um or what you think it looks like.
0: You're right. No, I really like the perspective you gave because I know it's textbook bad. At the same time, you did provide pers- perspectives that I really didn't consider before, like the immigrants, for instance. Like, especially considering your family uh, were immigrants themselves, like people from all all over the world, not just in this country, all see the American, well, I guess the USA in general, as somebody who, well, a place where you can achieve a quote unquote American dream. Yeah. Because, like, I think the main thing is that you have the freedom in order to do whatever you want in this country. Like, if you want to create a business. You have the fr- total freedom to do that if you want to go to school get a full-time job you have the freedom to do so if you want to be a bum on the street you got a freedom to do that too and i think that's really um that shows that there's different levels of success and there's different uh, versions of of, um, of the american dream for different uh, classes of society honestly and um i guess for, from my perspective the way i was thinking about it is that like since there's like 1% of the world that is 1% of the country or the world, whatever, that has like the the mass amounts of wealth, those are the millionaires and billionaires. And then the other 99% are poor middle class. I was thinking of it in terms of what is like the gold standard of the American dream. Like what do people, if you think an American dream, what's the average person going to think of that that uh, looks like? And what I was thinking is that that kind of looks like a, um, I, could, I guess it's almost synonymous with like a consumption mindset because they people idolize or they like look up to people who are able to afford the things that they want in life so whether that be a nice car whether that be um, new a nice clothes a big house like that's what people identify as like successful and it, I mean not that's not everybody it's not you can never like say any anybody or no. You can never say everybody for any so one particular thing. Like everybody doesn't see um, a big house, nice car as their idea of the American dream. But I think just in general, that's what people will cons- will consider as such. But I think that so in order to get to that point, like I want to at least show why I say this is a, like a consumption mentality because I think it stems back to before you even graduate from um, whether it's high school or college. One thing I was thinking about, especially like in our case, like being recent graduates, the path that we had to take was, uh, I, I guess, it's almost like we were on a path to, to get into the American dream. So I thought we would be like a good example of why um, it looks like a consumption mentality, or like why what leads to a consumption mentality. So when you are first, uh, well, when you're in high school, you usually get like your first car. Like I say, like the standard middle class, you get a car. Um, and you can um, you drive that all throughout the rest of high school. You drive it through college and you're pretty much in a work hard mentality, You like working hard, trying to go through school, trying to obtain a, a either a, high, a higher a higher education degree, whether it's just undergraduate or graduate degree. After you obtain that, then um, you feel like you've done like you deserve something after the fact. So um, once you graduate, like, OK, I, I deserve to uh, obtain the benefits of the labor that I just put in. So now what I want to do. Um, I want to go buy a car. I want to go. I want to replace the car that I was just driving for the past five, seven years, whatever it may have been. And so that's like the first expense that you accrue. Oh, on top of that, you also probably accrue some type of student loan debt because I researched and saw that like the average student loan debt. If, if you graduate from a four year university was about thirty seven thousand. So round it rounded up, that's like forty thousand dollars. You have a student loan debt. So that's two forms of debt you have. You have the student loans and you have the nice car. Most people buy like a pretty nice brand new. uh, So right now it'd be like a 2020 or 2021 uh, Lexus or something like that. Cause they like, bro, I got this higher income now. So now I can afford nice things finally. So I've been getting the fruits of my labor. So now you have those two Problem is that now you had this nice car, but you still are living either with your parents or at this apartment complex. Uh, that's like that is equal to your car payment. So you're like, OK, now I need to uh, upgrade my, my housing in order to match what my car looks like. So now you go look for that three thousand, four thousand square foot house. And that's going to be something that is going to be a tremendous amount of. Monitive, like a tremendous amount of money that you have to pay per month. So that's another form of debt that is, I would consider like in this case, bad debt because you're going to, uh, it's going to be something that's taken away from your mainstream of income. you you got one stream of income right now, which is your job. And you've already got three different forms of um, liabilities that are working against you. And then at this point, you need furniture. And if you have a spouse, you probably are going to start a family very soon. All of these things are just adding up to that, um, to your, and, Against your one stream of income that you have. And so at that point, you have done all the consumption that you possibly can, that your income can support. And while, I, while people call this the American dream, like this is where you are, you look rich, but at the, in the same time, you're really in like a trap, which is why I call it the debt trap because you have uh, bought so much stuff or financed so many things that you had, you have no leftover reserves in order to build actual wealth. You just have material things. And if you can't build wealth, you're pretty much going to be working until you die. Because as soon as your job, as soon as your income stops, all of these expenses are going to just compile on top of you, and you probably have to default on, on most of those loans. And so I think that's the main thing about um, the American Dream, Like as far as like my perspective on it. I think we need to reverse um, engineer, like how we want to go about approaching it. Because right now that's more of a consumption mentality. And that's where I'm trying, we need to start moving away from because that is ultimately getting us into a trap where we can't get out of, especially I think this year has really highlighted that more than anything. Because in 2020, when the pandemic hit, people were getting laid off from their jobs. And if you were uh, in this quote unquote, American dream, you saw real quick how fast that, um, all these uh, expenses added up and that how you were living above your means and c- you had no reserves to pay for your lifestyle that you were that you thought that was like the ideal situation. So that's kind of my perspective on it. I don't know if you want to comment on that before I continue.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a um you took like a more direct approach in regards to how being obviously in America you can kind of notice those things, right? Seeing you look around the Irish person kind of does a lot of those things you mentioned, right? you talk about getting the car as soon as they graduate, you know, getting the biggest house they can afford, um, you know, being in that consumption mentality. And that is, you know, more so, you know, that American, I don't even think it's like the American scheme, not the American dream. <laughs> like, it's like a, literally like a, it's a scheme. It's like a plot. It's like a, you know, a, I mean, like a plan to conspire against society. And that's what, you know, it's been presented as like a whole, you know, good thing for people to achieve. And obviously, look, for, I, I, I say all this, but I want to, again, reemphasize, like for a lot of people, it could look different. Um, mm-hmm. And you might be happy, obviously looking at immigrants and all that, with those things that we're talking about. Um, but we want to provide a new perspective on like why this shouldn't be the way people should look at it, right? It's not a dream. It is a scheme, Um, It is a a plot to get you to be in a debt trap for the rest of your life, not necessarily saying the government. I'm not here conspiracy theorists saying that the government put this together, but in regard that, you know, it is, you know, a setup for people. It's going to literally put you on a um, straight path to, you know, shackles and slavery, not little slavery, but but like. financial slavery you'll never be able to get out of it um so i think that you that was a really good perspective in the way you presented that um i too i mean i when i think of that too i think of like you know obviously like capitalism and the system of capitalism and just in regard to like how like i mentioned earlier obviously the the reason you know we're able to do those things that you kind of mentioned, like go and, you know, go get the the car and the house and all those things is because of the capitalism system. Right. And so that free reign and that free market, that free enterprise kind of allows you to be able to build your own um, dream or you can be a part of someone else's dream. Right. And when I look at it as like when you're going to go and consume the car or that house that you mentioned, you're being a part of someone else's dream. Right. Because the person that's Selling you that house or selling you that car or, you know, um, you know, producing those items is the person that they built. That's their dream. Now, if your dream is to be in debt and live that life, then look, that's on you. But I think most people, that's not their dream. Most people want to have financial freedom. Right. If you're listening to us on episode fifty nine, I think you want financial freedom. So that's the perspective I'm going to provide. And that's what we're going to talk about moving forward. Right. So I think. You know just in that regard like i said america is really divided by dreamers and non-dreamers in that way right or schemers and non-schemers <laughs> so um or even you know think of like i said producers and consumers right um and like so because it, it's a scheme it's a it ends up being you know a whole debt trap and when you operate in as 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 that consumer that i mentioned right because we even let's think about it too like you talk about you know you graduate From school. Let's think of everything that you just mentioned. Right. So you go to school. Right. What are you doing when you go to school? You're taking out debt and you get a job uh, after you graduate, you know, to pay off that debt. Right. And then you go get that car, like you said, just so you can look like everyone else. So you take out more debt. Right. You go to work to pay off that debt, too. So now you got two debts to pay off. And then you say, oh, wait, you know, I need the house. Oh, so now you got more debt um that you got to pay off right so or no, you're going to take out more debt and now you're going to have to go back to work to pay off that debt so now you're paying those th- those three liabilities that you mentioned right and it's a trap you're going to be in there the entire you're going to be in there for the rest of your life pretty much you're going to die with that debt um because you took it out as a consumer not to say that if you've done this that's going to happen to you because i would say like i say if you're listening to episode 59 of the money monopolizers you're <laughs> on the right direction um of getting out of that debt trap Uh, But every step of that way, you know, every everything I mentioned, everything Marlon mentioned, you're operating as a, you know, I think of like a, you know, you're what is a, a good word, like a customer in someone else's creation or someone else's dream. Right. Obviously, like they're leveraging you to make their dream work. Right. Even let's look at even like going to get a job. Right. Your employer, the producer. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a job, so what I'm saying, well, at some point you shouldn't, but your employer you're they're the ones that are leveraging you to make their dream work, right? And then you go get the car, right now that 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 the person that you know owns that business, um that car dealership or whatever the case, they're leveraging you again to make their dream work, right? Uh, we look at the house, the person that. Built, uh, that uh, that's selling you the house whether that's a real estate investor or a development company on a new construction they're leveraging you again to make their dream work right um so every step of the way you know you're getting you know cooked every step because they're going to be using you to make sure that their stuff ends up you know because i think of it like this and i say this all the time you have to literally design your life or you're going to end up being a part of someone else's right you have to design your life the way you want it to look or you're going to end up a part of just a number or a plan or a, a, something replaceable in someone else's system. Right. And that's obviously what we look at with the employment system, too. So, I mean, that being said, I I really think of this and I like, you know, I want people and I mention this all the time, too. Right. You need to really understand two things about the free market and how we look at that. Right. So, in this society in this capitalistic society which is a realistic whether you want it to be uh socialist or capitalistic i'm talking realistic it is capitalistic realistically idealistically maybe you want it to be socialistic but realistically it's capitalistic right and in a capitalistic society you're either a consumer or a producer like i said someone else's dream or yours so that's point number one that you gotta know number two debt is essentially what makes the world go round so that being said Right. Everything I just mentioned, you know, you're going to either be on the consumption side or the production side. The consumers, they're going to use that debt that I just mentioned to, you know, buy things for themselves, um, which is, you know, liabilities, things they're going to consume. And the producers are going to use the debt to buy things that other people will consume, which is assets. Right. Because you look at the real estate investors that sold you that house, they're using debt to buy that house and then sell it to you and then pay it off. And then they profit and, you know, move on. The car company, they finance that, you know, the dealership. They get the car with debt, sell it to you, mark it up, pay off the debt, make a profit, move on. Every step, there's someone using leveraging debt and some, even the apartment that you might live in that you're renting, right? And so I say all that to say that, Free markets and capitalistic markets are gonna—they're nece- gonna more so favor the producers, not necessarily the consumers, right? Because we look at the producers; those are the ones—they're gonna be the, the ones rewarded with the, you know, the money and the people working for them, um, and they're gonna be, you know, rewarded with being in control of their time. You know, they're not gonna have to pay as many taxes. Obviously, I mean, there's a, a list of things we could talk about that producers get to benefit from, while the consumers—you know—they're the ones that they're just gonna, like I said, I had to go to take out the debt and then have to go to work to pay it off you know they're going to get taxed by the government they just by the by the government for the money they just worked for um you know and honestly if you do find yourself as a consumer you got got and that's why i say <laughs> it's, it's the american scheme not the american dream because you know that whole thing is a um system that you're operating in you're, most people are operating in someone else's system, and someone else's dream, and, you know, you, debt is the easiest way to kind of become a part of that system and become a part of someone else because you get shackled to that for the rest of your life, and it's something that is going to be very hard to get out of um, because you pretty much sign your life away. So, you know, it, it, you really got to understand that perspective and that whole thing, so...
0: No, I like that, how you set it up, saying producer versus consumer, because that's really what it boils down to, is that either you're producing uh, for somebody else to consume or you're consuming what somebody, else is, what somebody else is producing. And if you're consuming, you're always in that consumption mentality, that's where you fall into that American scheme you were talking about, where you just keep uh, consuming one thing after another, and then you look up and your your income is literally, well, your expenses are literally like, Right at your income or above your income. If that's the case, now you are literally your your debt owns you, basically, like you are working for it rather rather than your debt working for you. I think that's one thing that we talked about, like previously, also, like how you can have your debt work for you. Um, Like, I think that's one thing I wanted to get into, because people need like a proper plan of attack for when they like graduate, especially like when we're talking to early graduates, people who just got out of um, um, college in general. Or just like got a guy out of high school, college, whatever it may be, they need like a proper plan of attack for how to properly achieve their the. I guess our, our version of the American dream where you are able to maybe like have a um, an outlet for financial freedom as like your ultimate goal. Like if that, I mean, I think we can um, definitely agree that both of us would say that the proper American dream would be like achieving financial freedom. Like that's where you can really yeah. uh, have the, the freedom to do what you want, when you want like that, that, in my opinion, I think in yours too would be the definition of success with the American dream. So as far as getting there, I think the main thing people need to do is like adopt that producer mentality. That's the first thing. So once you get out of school and you get that full-time job, don't look immediately to start like going to buy different material things. You don't need to get that car right now. Like I know you really want it, but at the same time, where, what are you going to use to pay for that? You're probably going to be using your full-time job, and if that's the case, you're going to be um you're you're get you're getting into that trap because I pr- promise you, as soon as you get that car, you're going to be like, ah, shoot. Dang, I'm parking in my mama's crib with this car like I can't be yeah. doing that. So instead of doing that what we can be doing is looking at different ways in order to start saving that money and get it toward get it moving toward investments so that's gonna work for us. And I think there's like two different ways to go about doing it. There's offensive methods and there's defensive methods. So if you're talking about offensive you can be uh, looking at different ways to create more streams of income. That's one thing that we're doing constantly right now and that's go- that can be through either building side hustles like I know for like us, for instance, we do Dr. Like rental cars. We've done well, we've talked about vending machines. We've bought people on here who've done that before. You need to look for those type of opportunities in order to increase your income. That way you have more money that you can be saving to put towards different investments. And then as far as defensive, you can uh now you're looking for places where you can start saving all money. So instead of so now if you haven't already bought all of your different liabilities, such as the new car, the new house, you can look at where else can you start saving money at. You may uh, look at um, I don't know, like even your, your morning coffee that you get. I don't think I, I don't think that's anything super major, because if you it's like take, for instance, if you uh, spend a, a ten dollars on a coffee each and every day throughout the whole entire month, that's a total of three hundred dollars that you spent on coffee. Now, what if you? So I think one thing about when you save money, you don't want to also sacrifice your happiness. Like, um, that's one thing we talk about, um, when it comes to saving money, you don't want to like save on um, these little things that are just making you happy throughout the day. So the coffee might just might be your energy boost for the day. You may have a Netflix account that allows you to be able to uh, have a little time just to relax and chill. Instead, I would think that you should go with more of a, I I guess this is like a hybrid method, honestly, a hybrid method of uh, offensive and defensive, which would be like house hacking. I know we've talked about that so many times, but this is like literally the single most um, influential thing as far as um, saving money uh, where you can, that you can go to because it allows you to save literally uh, about 33% of your income. Uh, I guess we've talked about house second too much. I don't think we even, even even need to beat that dead horse. Listen to episode five. If y'all want to learn more about it, but um, that really will allow you to save on your biggest monthly expense. And now if you are able to save that, that's probably like $700, $1,500 that you're spending in, in your housing per month that you can be using towards different investments. So if you save there, now you can really start allocating all of your money to whatever investment vehicle you want to go to, whether it be uh, real estate, whether it be stocks, that's going to be stuff that starts uh, producing assets for you. And these assets will then be able to pay for your liabilities or your expenses when you start accruing those. Now you can go buy a new car. You can go buy a new house. You can start getting these nights Things in life because you have assets now to pay for them and that's kind of the approach i think people should start taking when it comes to the quote-unquote american dream that that's what i would consider the american dream personally
1: yeah i think that's a a really interesting perspective too just thinking from the offensive and the defensive approach too now personally i'm not going to go paint addresses um (laughs) but you know if that's if that's how you are rocking then you know you can go make a couple of dollars i personally like investments where that will be or things that will be independent of my time, right? So just being able to do anything that's like, you know, a side hustle that will create a stream of income that is, you know, independent of you putting your time in there. But in the beginning, whatever you got to do to kind of get, you know, off the ground is a good thing, too. Um, and just thinking, too, about what <clears throat> uh, you're talking about, house hacking, too. I've, uh, and by the way, if people don't know what that house hacking essentially is, is if you buy a property. Live in one bedroom or one unit, and uh, you rent out the other aspect or the other bedrooms or the other unit, and you allow the rent to cover your mortgage so that you live for free. Um, that is a great way to, you know, be on that offensive and defensive side in terms of utilizing um, investment and also saving money, right? Because that property will be generating you cash, and even just thinking on it beyond that, too. Because um, most people. I mean just based off like everything you were saying too a lot of people um kind of approach this with a mentality that anything that they have to do you know or anything that they do they 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 don't want to you know take, out, take on any debt right but when we look at house hacking we know that that's or I've said it many times that that is a form of good debt right cuz it's an asset you're buying um, an asset is putting money in your pocket. Your, you're like I said, producers use debt to create assets for themselves, while consumers use debt to create liabilities, right? So, you know, uh, when we look at that whole bad debt versus good debt conversation, we can see that bad debt essentially means that you're the last person to consume it and you're paying to consume it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, You know, let's think about, for example, that buying that first house when you get out of school, that house that you, you know, mortgage is you mortgage it and then you, you know, buy it to live in it yourself just by you alone. That's bad debt. I personally, you know, yeah, your house increases in value and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But the debt itself is bad. Right. The house is an asset, but the mortgage is what makes it a liability. Um, And that's what makes that bad debt. Good debt, on the contrary, is anything that, you know, anyone else is the last to consume, right? And they pay you to consume it. So that's what producers utilize, good debt, aka leverage, right? So we look at, if I, like, let's just look at the house hacking, right? House hacking turns your, your mortgage, I mean, your mortgage will still be a liability, but it turns the house itself into an asset, right? But you need to house hack it. Um, the, the asset it increases in value, but you want to be able to turn you want to be able to make someone else pay for the liability aspect. Um, and so house hacking is a good way to do that. Obviously, any form of business debt, as long as the business is making money, is good debt because you're producing something. Right. So we think even just in regard to right an apartment complex on a larger scale, you're obviously buying that with debt leveraged. Now, that's really good debt to get into. Um, And I, you know, like Jeremy Johnson said, you should strive to be in debt, good debt. Uh, You should be looking to get into good debt because what good debt is essentially going to do, it's going to allow you to reach financial freedom a lot sooner had you only utilize those defensive tactics such as, you know, saving money anywhere you can. You have to get on the offensive side. You have to um, utilize other people's money. And that's honestly, I think. One of the most beautiful things about the American dream aspect, not the American scheme, but the American dream is the fact that you can utilize good debt here. Right. There is an opportunity to go start a business. There's an opportunity to take out debt and um, use it to advance your life. Many countries, many places don't have that opportunity. So even having that is really advantageous. So I want people to really think about that, too, and um, try to implement that into um, their strategy for building wealth, how can you leverage um, debt to, you know, help you further reach financial freedom? Because, you know, I promise it's going to be a lot faster debt. OPM is how you scale a business. Um, so you really need to understand how that looks and understand what that is and use it. Not saying just go get in any debt, but use it responsibly and know what that looks like to, uh, you know, to, to to leverage it to, you know, achieve financial freedom and achieve what we look at as the true Um, American dream, which is that financial freedom,
0: right? Yeah, I like how you put, uh, framed good debt and bad debt in general, because I, I know we had to do a whole episode on that. But when you talked about how uh, the consumer is usually the last person to uh, to purchase an item, like to, to take on some form of debt, that is um, essentially what we're trying to avoid at all costs in this situation. Like what, what, how are we trying to avoid getting into the American scheme you've been talking about? Because I was thinking like in the in example of a car, for instance, you have a manufacturer who sells the car to the dealership. They're selling them at, at like a wholesale price because the manufacturer is making this at for pennies on the dollar compared to what they um the actual consumer is going to buy it for. So they sell it at whatever given price it may be. Then the dealership takes it. they because they've, cause they've uh, they were a consumer for a moment, but now they're going to use that um that debt as an asset. Like they purchased that vehicle, they may have used that to get it, but they're going to go uh go now use that use that they're going to use as an asset in order to go sell it to the consumer which would be us in this case buying a car now they're gonna they're gonna up the price on it and then if so we finance and they're just gonna they have money going into their pocket like they've used that um purchase as an asset and that's kind of what we need to be doing in essence is trying to create more um, assets for ourselves by ob- obtaining more good debt. So the house hacking example is a perfect opportunity of that. But um, ultimately, you just don't want to have any debt that's owning you. Like I said earlier, you don't want to have a situation where you are only being a consumer. So you're o- only getting stuff that's working against your income. If you don't have any other forms of income, it's going to be you're going to be in a much worse situation if, when crisis times uh, come about, such as 2020, such as government shutdown. Those are going to be times of times of situations where, your poor spending habits or your consumption mentality is going to be magnified and you're going to see how this wasn't really the American dream, or how this was really the American scheme. And um, I think the last thing I wanted to mention is that there's really only one difference between like the middle class and wealthy, and that's the, the the order in which they spend their money or the order in which they use their money. We've highlighted it all throughout this entire episode, but just to put it like into a concrete example, uh, you would have the middle class who would uh, purchase their um, where they have their income, and they'll use it to get obtain all of their their forms of debt, like their expenses. And then they may purchase their wants afterwards, after they pay, because they're they're responsible, so they pay off their debt first. Then they pay their uh, whatever else, other other things that they want in life. The only difference between the wealthy is that they uh, use their initial income to go purchase those investments and assets that then pay for their um, expenses and then their wants. That's really all it comes down to is just being able to have that one extra step that allow you to be able to have your financial and your time freedom in order to do what you want to do. And live the American dream that I think, and you probably also think, we that we should be living in America, because we all had opportunity to do whatever or whatever whenever we want to in this society. So it's up to us to just to make sure we go through go through the right the right way and go through with the right order.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think of it too. um, In that regard of you know the different way people handle their money, and I think just to wrap this kind of all up one way one thing that i really um think people should think about too is just you know what at the end of the day this all ties into what your goal is and what you want out of life right if you believe that what you want out of life is just to live a good normal decent life then there's nothing wrong with you being a part of someone else's dream um now, if you want to live life a certain way, you have to understand that you're going to have to take a contrarian approach and do things differently than how most people do it. You can't be a consumer. Of course, you can't um, operate in a sense of, you know, we think of Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, the E, the um, S, be the, the I, employee, self-employed, business owner, investor. Um, you can't be operating as, you know, necessarily that employee your entire life because you're a part of someone else's dream. So you have to get on the right side and start creating that, um, those assets and those things for yourself. That's really the only way to achieve that level of freedom, financial freedom. Um, But, you know, this is something that, you know, we talk about all the time. This is, you know, I said 59 episodes in. This is nothing new. If you've been rocking with us, you already know how we come in. Um, But if you're new, this is definitely, you know, the way we look at how life should be lived. Why should we continue to live in a way that's just, um, you know, operating not to our fullest uh, potential or to what we potentially can even have here in America? The fact like living here in America allows you to achieve those things that you want to achieve that can make you, you know, successful in any way you want is um, motivation enough for me to go and do it because I can do it. Um, So anyways, that's the essence of what this is at the end of the day you know you're either it's it's either going to be the american dream or the american scheme you think of it in you know how you want to be do you want to be a part of um your own your own um dream or do you want to be a part of someone else's so that's that's kind of how i want to wrap this up or that's what i'll say to wrap this up but anyways any final words before i kind of wrap this up Nope. You,
0: you summarize it pretty well like you can you can choose to be a part of somebody else's uh, dream or you can uh, create your own dream for yourself and somebody else will be uh, pouring into your life th- uh, by being a consumer of your products that you have for them so sure yes, good stuff
1: yes sir well yes that is it for this episode of the money monopolizers podcast new episodes will be released every thursday and will be available on apple Podcasts, spotify and youtube just search Money Monopolizers wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you learned something of value today, and if you did, yo, we'd appreciate it if you rated us five stars. Yo, we just need a couple more ratings to get to one hundred ratings. I need before the next episode <laughs> comes out. I need to see this podcast with one hundred um, ratings on Apple Podcasts. So I need two more people to go. You know, show some love. But anyways, yes, you can also find out more info about us on Twitter at the Monopolizers on Instagram at Money Monopolizers. We post informative content on there that'll keep you engaged. So be sure to check that out and share those posts. But until then, we'll be out of here.
0: You've been listening to the Money
1: Monopolizers podcast. Helping you take control of your financial destiny. To learn more about how you can be in control of your money, visit MoneyMonopolizers.com. We'll catch you next time when Alex and Marlon share more personal finance and wealth creation tips with you. Now it's time to take action.